0: She is a founder and CEO of Job Coach Amy. Amy is able to leverage her 25-plus years of experience as an executive and hiring manager to help professionals at all levels of their careers find and keep jobs that make them happy. Her corporate consulting practice focuses on career coaching for millennials and Generation Z, as well as consulting on practical approaches to implementing improved millennial and Generation Z management practices. As a highly sought-after expert, speaker, and career coach, Amy works globally with clients across a wide range of industries, including finance, consulting, media, consumer products, technology, and healthcare. Her functional expertise, gained from nearly two decades working with companies and organizations to reduce costs, increase revenue, and improve processes, is significant across all areas of business operations. She has been featured in countless media, including Wall Street Journal, BusinessInsider.com, Yahoo.com, News, and others. As a speaker, Amy has spoken at City City Year Dartmouth Alumni Alumni Women's Leadership Conference. is also a regular speaker for undergraduate and new alumni groups, as well as a speaker at women's conferences and, and at Canyon Ranch. Prior to focusing full time on coaching in 2012, Amy held a variety of positions, including commercial banker, global management consultant, entrepreneur, corporate executive, and nonprofit executive. Her long held position for supporting others in their careers comes from a difficult time when she had found after college when she needed to change careers, finding herself to be a single mother. She has become an author. Which we'll talk about her book called College to Career Explain Tool Skills and Confidence for Your Job Search. Amy lives in Boston, where it's a beautiful day there, I see. And with <laughs> that, welcome Amy to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate being here and I'm thrilled to be able to tell my story to your listeners.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to listening <clears> to <throat> hearing what you have to say. You're obviously in, in a space in the in, uh, and understanding you know, human resources and labor and things like that. I'm sure you have a lot to say in that category, but we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. But let's start out with you telling us your story. How did you get into business? Uh, what was uh, the tipping point for you? Was it voluntary, involuntary? What are some of the thought process? Was it easy or was it fearful?
1: Uh, in, in my uh, – the role I have now in having founded Job Coach Amy – um, it really, I, I have to say, it was a, pa- a very long-held passion, and I would call it an arrival point. Um, I will tell you, it started when I graduated from Wellesley College um, with a good GPA, having gone to a good college, having done what I thought was everything right up until that point, working hard and um Uh, doing everything I thought I was supposed to have done, um, with the exception of having gotten fancy internships because I had no connections and I had to work during the summers. So I came to the point of um, getting ready senior spring to look for jobs. And at that point, late last century, everybody wanted to go to Wall Street. So I thought, you know, if you're the best and the brightest, you went to a Wall Street training training program. So that's what I tried to do, too. And I went to every seminar and I went to every um, uh, information group I apologize for that. And I went and I bought skirt suits and I did all my reading and I could not get an interview. And um, I got I could type really well because I had um, uh, ran the paper at Wellesley. And I um, wound up getting a job out of the New York Times classifieds, which if any of your listeners are very young, ask their parents. Um, and I spent a year working as an admin and learning everything I could about the jobs that I did not get, um, what people actually did in them, you know, what characteristics and skills you needed to um, get them, um, how you did well in them, and what the process was like, what, what hiring managers look for. And the next year, when those same programs opened up again for applications, I got the first one that I applied for. And it turns out I was good at it. And I liked it. And when I look back, the only difference from the year before was that I had taught myself how to interview. I was the same person. I just had no clue about interviewing. And that really stuck with me. And throughout my career, um, which I did go on to really love business, I enjoyed everything about it, I found it fascinating. You know, I went on to Dartmouth. Um, I really loved analytical work. I loved being a consultant. It, I, it really made me sound like I had career ADD a little bit, but I loved taking on new projects and new industries. And being a consultant, um, as well as being in financial services, allowed me to, to learn about a lot of new industries <coughs> continuously. And um, I uh, never forgot that first experience that I had. And whenever someone you know, came into the office and said, oh, my gosh, my kid's neighbor, my nephew really wants to get into this business, coming out of college, they know nothing, I'd say, I'll help them, I'll help them, I'll talk to them. And it really became a, um, a, a passion of mine, a weird passion, but something I really loved doing. And as the years went on, I, I, I once again, in um, my early 40s, became a single mom who had done nothing but consulting Um, And was at a a crossroads where I had to continue to be the main breadwinner, but I could no longer be a consultant who was traveling five days a week. So um, I, uh, again, um, as in college, I tried to find a resource to help me, but um, there really wasn't one. So I uh, became the resource I thought that I needed. And I did find a job running um, a three office consulting firm. Um, So I couldn't be a consultant. I knew how to run a consultancy. Um, And it was an industry that I had never been in before in pharmaceutical research. So um, I got that lesson under my belt. And I continued to, at that point, I had um, left um, a digital branding agency uh, with two partners and sold a company. And um, I always had it in the back of my head that this was something I would love to do full time. And when I remarried, um, I did. My husband said, "What is it you really, really want to do?" Because at that point, I had did have some um, flexibility in terms of income generating income. And I said, "This is what I really, really want to do." So um, I took all those lessons I learned. And by the way, not only financial and market research and um, marketing lessons, but also. Um, the lessons that I learned, where I had been, you know, there I had, there was a time I had been fired. There was a time I was uh, oftentimes, or I was a star. Um, there was times when you know my career sat longer than I wanted in the same place, um, and all of those lessons I rolled into um, being job coach Amy and serving um, the people that I worked with, who were um, not only having. Um, wanting to find jobs that made them happier and didn't know how, but also facing issues in their career that they needed to get past. And um, it really ever felt like everything that had ever happened to me in my career up to that point, even going all the way back to my senior year at Wellesley had led me to the point of starting it. And I'm, I'm very grateful for all of it as I look back on it now and it's become incredibly useful to me Um, in the past 10 years, as I have worked with people at all levels from graduating from school. And turns out um, the methodology I put together for my first love, which is working with those people um, does work up to C-suite and I work with um, people at all levels um, uh, for people, mostly who, don't aren't the round pegs for the round holes that are the only people that recruiters will generally work with
0: very good very good uh well over that journey if you look back now is there any decision that you would say gosh um maybe i do a little differently knowing what i know today
1: oh absolutely absolutely i think um one of the hardest things that you learn and I, i work with clients a lot on this too is when you become senior management you realize that um, you can no longer blank things on senior management. <laughs> so, um, the higher you rate, you 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 go within an organization, the more you realize that um, when you're in the trenches, you don't have inform you don't have all the information at your fingertips. So, for example, if you are working on a project that you know is just gonna send the company's revenue skyrocketing, or you're going to, you know, really to do something that's going to have an impact on the bottom line and increase profitability. And you think, oh my gosh, why can't those idiots in um, senior management see it? Or you're working with a colleague who really is a drag on the profits or the costs of, or, you know, having an inflationary impact on the cost and they're not doing anything about it. You realize that, it's connect, there's a lot of connection or there are a lot of things that you can't see. And um, it's easy to get on your um, uh, soapbox and really make a case for the way you think things should be done. And it's really hard to stand back and say, I'm not working with all the information. I'm gonna sit back on this and understand that there are people who know better than me because they have more information than me that they can't tell me. So that was a really hard lesson to learn going up through the ranks that I wish I had known when I was lower in the ranks.
0: Let me ask you the opposite side of that question. You are successful. You've been on your own now. You have a nice business you're running. You're well-known an author. Is there any key one or two decisions you you made that was a catalyst to your success?
1: Yeah, although I probably wouldn't have known it then. Um, Certainly that year I spent um, working as an admin um, was great because I learned so much. I mean, I, was a, I had a job that in re- it, that year was actually great because um, I, I came in in the morning. I had an inbox that was, got very, very full. And at the end of the day, it was empty and I went home. <laughs> That was really satisfying. Um, I also, it happened to be for a, um, a very, uh, no longer in existence, but very high-end recruiter. Um, and I, there, it, this was analog days, obviously. Um, so I've given you a hint as to how old I am. But um, one of my jobs was to read sort of every industry uh, a publication. So Ad Age and Banker and Tradesman and all these different specif- specific um Uh, trade journals and to look for names because that's how they made their business was to know who was in what position at which firm. And if there was a, you know, somebody was named to having been promoted um, or having changed jobs, I cut them out and stuck them on a little index card. But in the meantime, I got to read everything I could about all these different industries. And I just got really, really interested and learned that learning curve that year, not so much about you know, in in the job that I was specifically doing as an admin, but in learning about all the other industries that were out there and how they ran and what the specific issues were and how they were changing was um, just an incredible gift. Um, I forget, I don't know if that answered your actual question, but um, that was something that if you had told, you know, oh, I was so embarrassed to tell people what I was doing when everybody else had these great jobs, but in retrospect, it was a really good way to sit and learn as much as I possibly could. I soaked everything up like a sponge.
0: Yeah, sure. Seems like it served your industry or served what you're doing now well. Absolutely,
1: uh, it was a catalyst yeah. to you know just learning how whatever I was doing. There was certainly um, ways to learn, and um, I loved learning it. Um, uh, whatever wherever I was, I wanted to be doing something I could learn where I could learn have a steep learning curve.
0: Perfect. Well, let's take a commercial break here, and this is your chance to tell our listeners about your business, who your customers are. Uh, Also, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about your book and and why you wrote it and uh, what the readers would get out of it should they uh, decide to buy it.
1: Well, sure. Um, I'll start with my book, which is um, College to Career Explained, Tools, Skills, and Confidence for Your Job Search. And what I realized working so much uh, with college students is that um, they uh, originally um, There are some kids that, you know, know very early on what it is they want to do that they're very highly competitive jobs, which start incredibly The so for example, the investment banking jobs, you got to get into that track your summer after sophomore year. Um, the consulting firms also are pretty competitive, are extremely competitive, you have to have a very high um, GPA, and it helps a lot to have um, good internships. But for the kids that I'm trying to reach, the kids who are like me, um, I wanted them to know that, you know, having a job as a uh, working in food service, as a wait- waiter is a great job because every manager and every um, job position wants someone who is detail oriented, who is well organized and who can stay calm af- under pressure. And if you're somebody who gets invited back to the same restaurant year after year or the summer place, for example, You must have all those jobs. You just don't know how to present it. And if you're someone who, you know, has basically succeeded in life, you get along well with people, you stay organized enough to get into a decent school or at least, you know, one that you've worked through and had a decent GPA, that you have some work ethic. um, You don't have to have a fancy internship. Um, You just have to be able to prove that you have those three skills and present them that way. Maybe some kind of campus leadership position. You can show some numbers about, The budget or the number of people that you managed or um, quantify something that you accomplished and you can present yourself pretty well for um, for a potential job. So I really is important to me that I um, am able to get that message out and not just work with the kids whose parents can afford to pay me and it's laid out I I did a lot of research on what's available Um, my book is very different in that it lays it out um, from soup to nuts. So it starts out with how to do some soft networking. I think one of the biggest issues is kids don't know what jobs there are. And there are just so many jobs that, you know, everyone says, oh, there's an app for that. Well, there's a job for that. Um, and even and knowing how to analyze a company, know that knowing how to analyze a role, knowing how to analyze a market. Um, there are very simple tricks in there to do that and to put yourself in the hiring manager's shoes and understand what they want. The analogy I use is imagine if Someone um, had asked you how to go on a plane trip. They'd never traveled by plane before. How would you even start, right? I mean, the idea of how and when to buy a ticket is extremely strategic, but even down to how do you get through security? If you check a bag, where does it go? How do you get it back? There, you know, if someone came up to you and said, how do you do that? Um, Where would you even start? I mean, there's tons of free advice online, but how do you put it all together? So that's what my book attempts to do. Um, The rest of my practice uh, is working with, as I said, um, mid-career transition people kind of start from a thing of not quite knowing what they want to do, which a big part of my manifesto is um, the most important thing question you need to answer is, what is it you have to answer? Why do you want this job? And the person who has the best answer for that always gets it. Um, So you really need to start at the beginning and have a really clear strategy and answer for that. Um, Otherwise, you're just not going to get it is what you want, so you need to really start there. So I do work with a lot of transitional professionals to make sure that they understand that they wanna be running towards something and not just running away from something. And then a lot of people in the C-suite who maybe wanna make a lifestyle change, people wanna get off the road, Um, people wanna protect their health, but they still wanna do work that's interesting and that keeps them engaged. Um, and also people who want to start working with nonprofits or even start nonprofits or want to understand how to switch to a consulting arrangement. So um, that's all really fun. A lot of, um, I'm working now on building a corporate practice, um, both with understanding um, college preparedness um, and helping their students, helping retain younger employees longer, by giving them the skills that they need and don't have coming in with college preparedness and also with retaining um. Uh, millennials and Gen Zs because they are just very different in how they need to be managed. And my personal opinion is that we've really let basic management practices um, uh, falter and um, uh, Mm. kind of disappear in many ways. I think that's a lot of what is the cause of the big resignation is and a lot of what quiet quitting is about right now. And there are some very basic ways without the kind of seven figure consulting project that I used to manage that can be implemented um, and really um, uh, lever up cost reduction without a huge consulting project with just some return to basic management practices.
0: That's yeah, interesting. The, you know, the, the statistics out there is eighty-five percent of people hate their job, but then, then the next level below that is eighty-five. It's because they hate their boss, yeah. which means there's, a, there's this really this gap right now in in management and leadership and and teaching that skill set, putting the right people in the right place, and how to and how to deal with millennials and Generation Z. They're a very different caliber. I'm a, I'm a baby boomer, so we have a lot of a lot of generations in between us so if i'm a leader in a company how do i lead uh, yeah well are?
1: it's it's well you it's um i, I think it, you you nailed it when um i don't think we can conflate leadership and management i think the focus and Every academic circle and publication has been on leadership, 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 which is entirely appropriate when you think about the changes we've been in in the last few decades, right? I mean, everything from the way we shop to the way we um, deliver goods, to the way that we um, figure out which goods are the best ones to present to customers, to the way we pay for them. I mean, everything about the entire... Um, marketplace has changed dramatically as, as we've become a digital digitally based society and we've needed leadership to pull us along or to get out ahead of that but along with that management basics have failed and companies appropriately have said okay we need to do more with less and em- employees have taken it or they've led the managers have been asked to lead employees through it but they have um, uh, and Employers have said, "Okay, let's we can do more with less, so let's just go with it until it breaks." Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Now it's breaking, um, mm-hmm. and the new generations who are in are saying, "I'm, you know, I, I'm supposed to do what?" and they're rebelling. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, w- w- I was introduced into a, um, a a corporate culture that was very clear what my job responsibilities were, how I got to the next step, what I needed to perform and demonstrate in order to get to the next step, and what I my boss's job would be if I stayed long enough to get it. And if I didn't want it, it was very clear to me that I should leave. That is a luxury that is no longer afforded to kids in this generation, I shouldn't say kids, but younger employees in this generation. And, and we can't just complain and say, oh, they're so different. You know, They're not getting what I got Um, and, and frankly, employee, employers do not have the time to, or the resources to give it to them. That's a broken link. We've done, made incredible strides and incredible Mm -hmm. profitability through major, major changes, but it's time to go back to some of the basics, you know, if we want to keep up that rate.
0: Well, let's let's, just use that and transition to the second part of the, uh, the show here. Um, we are facing some really crazy times. We have so many headwinds in one year. We've seen all these headwinds spread over years, but they've culminated to this year with labor shortages and supply chain, inflation, wars, you know, everything post-pandemic. The workplace has shifted totally. Um, So you as an owner, founder of a company, how are you adapting and adjusting in, in facing these headwinds? Do you think it's an t- exciting time, a fearful time? Do you want to retreat? Do you want to invest? And the second part of that question is going to be how are you as an individual keeping yourself, uh, you know, in the game, as they would say, you know, do you have certain disciplines or do you have a mentor? Or do you do certain type of things that keep you focused?
1: Um, well, let me take the first one. I, I happen to be in a counter um, cyclical Business, right? So, um, I also believe very strongly, and I've written about this, that there are always good jobs for good people. Um, I mean, when there's a raise in um, increase in crime, there's an increase in data security systems, right? So, if there are all, if the stock market goes down, then there's an increase in the kinds of um, uh, um, uh, products. That are very safe, um, investment products that are very safe. So, um, I, I always, I, know, I, always think that there's a balance, um, and there are ways to um, balance out. Even the worst news is good news for somebody somewhere. So, I never um, look at anything as all black or all white. So, um, while I do agree that things look pretty bad right now. I I can't, or it looks like something that really bad is coming. I can't believe that um, things are either going to stay that way forever, or that there are not going to be pockets of the economy. that smart entrepreneurs are going to be able to take advantage of, I shouldn't say take advantage of smart entrepreneurs, aren't going to be able to make money from um, that people aren't going to be able to enjoy. I mean, um, you know, there are people that made a lot of money during COVID um, because of the way lifestyles shifted, their opportunities arose. So there are always opportunities. Um, uh, and again, for me personally, for my business, there are always good jobs for good people. If the focus turns to cost cutting, um, you know, I think that there are, and, and there are layoffs. I think there are always going to be people who leave because they go on maternity leave or because Um, there are people that retire, there are always going to be jobs opening up. By the same token, when the great resignation came, and this is my little friend here, um, uh, there are going to be people who, um, you know, People came to me and said, "There, you know, there's almost zero unemployment and I still can't find a job. And the answer was yes, because companies are still not going to, it's still an expensive process to hire someone and it's an expensive process to have someone turn over. So they're not lowering their standards at all. So it's not you that you are, that you can't get it, that, that the macro economic effects of there being zero unemployment unemployment rate or close to zero unemployment rate is not mean that you automatically get a job. You still have to prove that you want it and then you can do a good job on it. And by the same token, the fact that there are going to be a lot of layoffs does not mean that they're going to not need good people um, in the roles that they still have to do the business that they want. So I am not entirely um, pessimistic about where we are right now. Um, Does that, is that answer your question? Okay. Um, So for myself,
0: Yeah.
1: For yourself. <laughs> for I mean, myself. Yeah. I mean, I just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, uh, I think there is, a um, uh, I feel like as any entrepreneur, I continue to feel as though there aren't enough hours in the day. Um, there are new products at, for me to develop. There are new audiences for me to reach. There is writing to be done to get me, um, uh, get people interested in, the value that I have to bring, um, and real, because I, I do feel that um, a lot of the work that I do is um, to bring a message to people that um, that there are always good jobs for good people that that I don't uh, you know I feel like every person that doesn't hear that messes up an interview because they haven't heard what I have to say I feel like that is keeps me up at night so because um, it just doesn't have to happen. And it is personal for me. I mean, especially for women, you know, I can tell you, I have, um, there are a lot of women I know who started out in those kinds of programs where they said to you, "I, I don't, I hope they don't exist anymore. They might, you know, look to the left, look to the right. One of you, only one of you will be here in six months. And after those kinds of programs, just kind of never tried again, never tried to get the high power role. And that keeps me up at night. I mean, a lot of wasted on all levels, um, for the economy, for the individual, um, for research, for, for, for whatever those people were pursuing. Um, those are a loss. And if people don't get back into the game, you know, I could have easily, um, chosen not to go back into finance. Um, and I would have lost a tremendous amount of, um, personal gratification and growth and, um, and value for the work that I added to my clients. Um, and if I had chosen to, done that, to have done that, and, um, and it worries me that there are still people out there who are choosing to give up and not to continue to go forward for simple reasons that there are things that no one ever told them. Um, and that's gonna continue to be my focus regardless of the, um, what the macro data shows.
0: I want to give you an opportunity for our listeners, because I'm going to use two words. You are a coach, a career coach. You're not a recruiter. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. You, just define the differences, because in, uh, yeah, do me fair, define the differences for our, li- our listeners. You know Why the difference sure. for, between a recruiter and a coach?
1: Yeah, a recruiter is paid um, by the company to fill a position Within a company, Um, I am paid by my client to help them better prepare for a role for a career. I mean, I I help people find jobs um, that make them happy, find and keep jobs that make them happy. So I can be brought in at any stage, not necessarily within a job search, in a context of a job search, but also in the context of if they're having issues at work, um, if they're having issues within a company, getting from one stage to another, if I am brought in by a company, it is not, in fact, to um, uh, uh, help them find and um, hire a company, hire a, an employee, excuse me. That is the role of a recruiter or talent acquisition. Um, I would be um, talent management or um, talent retention. So that's where my, I really work with people, um, including managers, to help that. So, really, I, I'm still basically a management consultant, except I work with individuals now. Um, and there are all kinds of coaches now as well. I mean, there are life coaches. Um, I'm really more of a career consultant. Um, mm-hmm and work much more closely with individuals who are seeking to get more out of their careers and businesses who are seeking to get more out of their staff and to reduce their turnover costs.
0: Yeah, Uh, such a great need today. I think it's such a great need. This whole labor shortage, uncertainty, workforce where they're working from nowadays entitlement you can throw a whole bunch of words on the table here today yeah needs to be sorted out for this new era which we're we're it's it's in formulation it's it's all happening right now in front of us and everybody no one has the answer we're all learning it and you having you come in step and sort that out from both sides for the employee and the employer is a much-needed service amy uh, thank you for your time on behalf and our listeners i know you're very busy um but thank you for taking out your time my your day to share your insight and your wisdom. Uh, how could our listeners get a hold of you should they feel that they have a need for your service?
1: Um, I am at my website is jobcoachamy.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And um, my, my YouTube channel is being Uh, constructed as we speak um and uh yeah all the usual all the usual suspects and my my book is available um on amazon and barnes and noble and all of the apple books target all the usual suspects there as well
0: very good well we will uh put those that information in the notes on the podcast uh the podcast will be uh finished editing in about three weeks for our listeners to both here and see. It'll be on our YouTube channel as well, all podcast platforms. So Amy, thanks again for your time today. And I hope you have a wonderful day in that beautiful city of Boston on this fall day.
1: You too, Rich. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being on.
0: You're welcome. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, Please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.